Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, quick announcement before we dive into the full episode. There's a worksheet to accompany today's show. If you'd like it, you can go to www.stacybrassrussell.com, go to the podcast section, and you'll be able to download it from there. You don't need it to listen to the show, but you may be excited to go grab it when you hear about the seven steps that I'm offering you to work on your money mindset. The other thing I want to share with you is if you are listening to the show in real time, and what I mean by that is this one's going to be coming out on Wednesday, March 29th, then I want to let you know that our weekly podcast chat has been moved to 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So starting this coming Monday, April 3rd, we'll be meeting on Zoom at 12 o'clock Eastern. Here's the better news. All you have to do is be on my email list and we send out the Zoom link and you can pop in and either just hang out and listen to a lively conversation about the episode of the week, which is the one you're about to listen to. And you can ask questions. I go around and ask for people to share any ahas or takeaways. And inevitably, there's always some awesome coaching on those calls. You can get coached by me for free. So if you're not already on my mailing list, please, in that same place where you're going to pick up your worksheet, you can enter your name and email and get on the mailing list. It's super easy peasy. And that way we can be together live in person. I can see your beautiful face and I can support you. So I hope you'll be there. I can't wait. And now here's today's episode number 74. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. Of course, we have a juicy episode today. I know I say it every single time, but I just can't help myself. Um, I get really excited to make the shows, which I guess is good because that's why I'm able to do it every single week. Um, But anyway, we are going to be talking today about money mindset. And, you know, I've done a couple of episodes where we had some money mindset you know, conversations. But the thing about money mindset is it's kind of not that different than just talking about mindset, right? Whenever people just put out the word like mindset, I'm like, that's huge. I mean, it's such a big topic. You know, it's literally, it's literally everything that has to do with the way that your mind works, (laughs) every aspect, every you know, everything about the way that you think, about your beliefs, about your behavior, about your perception, about your emotions, right? And so then when we say money mindset, 
It's a little better because it's like a little more specific. It is a little bit of a subset of mindset, but it's still this kind of broad, broad phrase, broad topic, right? And so we've talked about relationship to money um, on various different episodes, but recently, I'm sure it's not going to be shocking to you that that one of the things that made me think we should talk about this again now, um, recently, I was having a session with one of my clients. And one of the things that she said, like we got on our call and one of the things that she said was, you know, she was kind of giving me some updates, whatever. And she said, I know, I know, I really have to work on my abundance mindset. And, you know, she was like saying that because she was feeling disappointed that she wasn't like making money that week, you know, like it didn't feel like she saw when the next client was coming through, you know, whatever, like we all have this. And when you're an entrepreneur and you don't just get a paycheck, right? You don't get direct deposit as a paycheck from a company. You're not like guaranteed your salary. Um, When you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business, you sometimes are in a phase where you're contracts ran out, uh, even if someone was maybe on a payment agreement, like now it's over, um, whatever. Like we definitely go through times where we are, sometimes we feel like, okay, great. Like I've got money coming in right now. I feel good. Right. But then there are definitely times when we know that people's programs, packages, contracts, whatever, running out, or we're, we haven't been in a super active, um, you know, launch time where we're really out there making a lot of offers and invitations. And we don't see when that next kind of round is coming through. And obviously what we all want, and I'm just going to present us to this, what we all want ultimately is to have created a business where we're not relying on what I just said, where we're not only relying on, oh, oh, my client contracts are coming up and I don't know if they're renewing and I don't know if they're coming back. That's why the sort of, you know, the 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 golden, I just like was about to try to have like a phrase and it fell out of my brain. But, you know, the golden, what is it? The golden the golden something (laughs) that you want for your business is where you do have things set up in such a way that you have offers that are available all the time. I hate using the word passive income. Like I hate that because I I think there's just, again, there's so many different things that could fall into the category of passive income and passive income is not easy to establish and generate until you've got a big enough audience and you have some team members and you have created enough content slash products um, and you've created enough authority and you kind of have like enough shit going on that it may become possible that people are seeing you searching, you know, searching, you're coming up in searches or, or you're, you know, you're creating a robust following, you've got an email list, like all the things. And then it becomes more possible to have people buying something from you 
that doesn't involve you, right? Like, in other words, it's not a live offer. You're not delivering it, you know, but it's a done for you, we call it, right? Or a passive income. It's a course. It's something that someone could buy that that doesn't involve you having to be part of that sale, right? And so is that possible? Yeah, it is. Is it possible to generate a lot of money doing that? Yes, it is. But it takes time to get there, right? And it takes a lot of like structure and systems and whatever. And so, you know, when I work with the people that I work with, I it's really important to me that I always say that is possible. It's just that it needs to be done when you're in the right phase of your business, right? And we have an episode. Um, I have an episode about like, it's. I think it's even called like, what phase are you in? And it's really just helping to outline the phases of business. And these are important things. Like you can't just go into having a business and you can wing it. I was about to say, you can't just go in and treat it like the Wild West. I mean, you can, but most of the time that ends up feeling very hectic and very frustrating because if you try to do things in the wrong phase of your business, essentially, you don't get the outcomes that you want and it feels frustrating and like you wasted a lot of time, energy, and money, which as you know, those are your three most important resources. So, The truth is, is that when you're an entrepreneur, until you may reach that level where you've created enough of a foundation and a system where you are generating like where a knowable income every single month or quarter, whatever you want to call it, there's always going to be like a relationship to wanting more money. (laughs) There's always going to be like, there's always going to be something that you're managing when it comes to your thoughts around money because it takes a lot of fortitude and a lot of resilience to do this, to be an entrepreneur and to take the journey to the point where hopefully there's that regular thing. There's that reliable, dependable income. And, you know, I'm going to say, because I I always tell you that I don't consider this show to be my platform where I act like I'm perfect and a millionaire and got no cares, you know, like I don't want the show for that. I have the show because I want to actually be the real down to earth person. But part of why I I make the episodes that I make, to be honest with you, is because it's often a response to the shit that I see in my industry. <laughs> it's often me wanting to be the voice of like reality when other people are out there, you know, claiming things or claiming outcomes and results that they can get for you but they're not telling you the whole story. They're not telling you what I just told you. They're not telling you that being able to generate 100K, you know, a week in passive income is not something that someone who doesn't have a business yet, (laughs) right? Or who hasn't even reached six figures just by like selling their services the way they know how in a bootstrappy way. Um, They're not telling you that. And they're like luring people in and taking their money And then those people are investing all this money in things like funnels and automation and, you know, someone telling them they can help them create a course 
right? This is like out of nowhere, right? Oh, we'll help you create a course when this person has never even really um, done the work to figure out their thought leadership, their signature transformational system, like what they really are an expert in. And then someone's out here saying, oh, build a course and create a funnel and you're going to you know, make tons of money. And then the person invests all the money and then that doesn't happen. Because what they didn't tell you is that if you don't have an existing audience of people that know, love, and trust you, then your only alternative is to invest shitloads of money in ads on social media. And anyone who doesn't have a business yet definitely doesn't have a couple of thousand dollars a month to spend on fucking Facebook ads, right? So money mindset and our relationship to money and the way that we think about getting money and the way we think about spending money and the way that we think about other people and whether or not they'll spend money because that's a part of it too, right? Because if you, if you're, if in your mind, no one buys things and everyone's in a scarcity mode, then then what are you doing? What are you going to do, right? Then you're out in the world trying to have a business, but you also are sending out and transmitting the message that you don't believe that anybody buys anything. And so that's what you're going to experience because that is the way things work. And we're going to talk about beliefs and experiences in this episode. So your money mindset is... You know, it's a, it's big. I mean, it's a really, um, it's a really big topic and your relationship to money is always going to be something that you need to look at. Now, I haven't gotten to the point of being a millionaire. I haven't gotten to the point where my business is bringing in, you know, six figures a month, (laughs) you know, whatever, um, or even high five figures, right? Like, I mean, I have months where I definitely have mid five figure months, but also those are months where I'm launching something and I get a whole bunch of new people into the academy at once, things like that. Um, So I can't speak yet for what it feels like, like what it feels like energetically and emotionally you know, the sensation of literally getting to the point, like, I want this, I'm believe me, I want this so badly. I'm like, I can taste it, but I don't know what it feels like yet. But to get to this point where, you know, where I really am, like, where I really feel like, oh my God, I worked so hard to get my business to, business to this place where now I really am generating on a regular basis, like a knowable amounts of, of, of cash flow. Okay. Now, um, I'm five years into my business almost. I'm just about at the five-year mark. And even with making almost a half million dollars in 2022, I'm not going to tell you that I'm, that I'm at the point yet where I have like definite, like big months every single month. Um, and so the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because I just want you to know that I don't even know what it feels like or when someone's brain stops thinking about like the shit that comes up when we think about money, because money is really important. Money is really important. We need money. The world revolves around money. Everything costs money. And, you know, I'm not going to say that money can buy happiness because I know I know that that's actually not true. Like, so not true. 
And on the other hand, money can buy a lot of the things that would contribute to your happiness, right? It can pay for you to do things, have experiences, um, be comfortable, uh, not worry about things, even when it comes to like our health and stuff. You know, like, I mean, my fertility treatments that I invested, my husband and I invested in, and you've heard me talk about this. I mean, that was a lot of money that we spent to try and have a family. And it was, you know, it's a medical expense. And sometimes I think about, you know, I have, I think about, oh my God, like, you know, I hope nothing, I hope nothing happens to either of us for a million reasons, obviously. But sometimes when I'm, when we've, when I've dealt with any medical stuff, I'm right now, I actually have like a lot of dental stuff going on that I've been having going on for the last year, right? I've been having a, a full reconstruction of my mouth to fix my um, collapsed bite. That might be more information that you need than you need. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Insurance covers like none of it. <laughs> and so it's this huge out-of-pocket, like huge out-of-pocket medical thing. And I can't do it all in the timing that it would be ideal. It would be great to just get it all done, but I can't because every quadrant of my mouth costs like a ton of money and I can always do a little at a time. So so here I'm just saying this to explain and show you that like our relationship to money is not a, is not like a one-time thing that we sort of go, "Ooh, I adjusted my money mindset and made it like so awesome and I just live in abundance and I don't care about I don't worry about money." Like that's not going to happen and that's not what we're talking about. I literally, the reason I was telling you that like, I don't know what it feels like to get to X, Y, and Z. The reason I was saying that too is because what I'm saying is I actually have no idea like how much one makes or, or, you know, starts having before they may stop quote unquote worrying about money or does no one stop worrying about money? (laughs) You know, like I have no idea. So I can only speak to you from like my experience and what I can tell you is that there's not a solution to the money mindset. There's not like a fix. It's not like a fix. It's not like you, like you're broken and you have a shitty money mindset, you know, and that like once you like replace it, you know, with like, with like a robot that, you know, you're going to all of a sudden have like a good money mindset. Like that's not what we're looking for here. So what we're going to talk about today is like, what is it? What are we talking about here? And what do we need to do so that we are basically supporting ourselves with thoughts and beliefs that are going to serve us at the highest level, that are going to help us to take actions that are going to help us not um, have thoughts and emotions that like plague us, right? So that we can feel light, so that we can feel free, so that we can feel, um, you know, feel good. And then also so that we can take action from the right place. Because at the end of the day, our thoughts create our reality. I didn't make that up. And then another really important thing to remember is that your thoughts, which are often associated with your beliefs, 
that your beliefs create your experiences, right? So what you believe is going to influence your actions, how you show up, what you think. And then all of that is going to have massive impact on the way that you experience your experiences, right? So the way that you interpret your experiences, the way that you think you're experiencing things in the world, what you think about the way the world works, what you think about um, the other people. So your beliefs are going to have a massive impact on that. That's why it's always so fascinating when like two people are in the same room, having the same experience, overhearing the same conversation or being in the same conversation. And they come away with completely different interpretations of what happened. Isn't that fascinating? Right? Haven't you ever had a conversation with someone like maybe it's even like an argument or a fight or whatever where where you and that person are you're literally having a fight or an argument over a conversation that you had where they saw it as one thing and you saw it as another and it's literally like the exact same thing you were there and you have completely different interpretations so that's what it means when we say that your beliefs cre- create your experiences right So you have experiences and they are totally interpreted by you and you're interpreting them through the lens of your belief system. And then therefore you have the experience. It's created in part by what you believe and think. And so therefore after the experience You use the experience to pat yourself on the back and basically say to yourself, see, I was right. So what we say about that is, therefore, your experiences then confirm your beliefs. And it's a little bit of a vicious cycle. So I'm going to say it again, right? Your beliefs create your experiences. Because you can only have an experience and then run it through your lens. And your lens is your belief system. And then your experiences confirm the beliefs. So when we do things like coach, when we coach, when we do, when we do mindset work, transformational coaching method is what I'm trained in. It's a high level of coaching that, you know, incorporates neuro-linguistic programming, which has everything to do with like communication and words right? NLP has a lot to do with like the choices that we make about the way that we say things. Even something as simple as like talking about what we want instead of what we don't want, right? Learning how to frame things, reframing. That's all from neuro-linguistic programming. So, you know, when we are, when we're looking at our like, you know, what it is that's creating our experiences, right? We, we can, we can do, a, we can do a lot of work with it, you know, like we can look at it, we can change it, um, we can break it down, we can examine it, right? And this is what, this is the work that we get to do when we want to essentially shift our belief system into working for us instead of against us. So basically, our relationship to money begins 
like when we're not even thinking about money, like before you even can use money, when other people are having to use money for you. So just think about it. You, you know, you get, you get born, you come into the world and for like a good amount of time, you don't have any money. And yet you need your needs met. And a lot of the needs that need to be met are, are needs that have to have money. They have to be paid for. So your original relationship with money begins with your family of origin, with your caretakers, with your parents, with whoever it is that's providing and your understanding about that relationship and whether or not money is easy to get, whether it's hard to get, whether there's a lot of it, whether there's a little of it, whether you deserve it, right? Like all you need is for one time when you're like a super little kid to like, all you need is to hear someone say that the reason why you can't have something is because it's too expensive or they're not going to spend that money on that thing that you like. And it, it like the way that you process that could have like implications and repercussions for you like, you know, for decades of thinking that you're not worthy of something that costs X amount of money, for example. So if you're one of those people who in your adult life, you find it really hard to spend on yourself, you feel guilty. Um, if a price tag is a certain amount, like, you you know, even if you want something or you love it and you can't bring yourself to like give it to yourself or have it or, you know, like sometimes that's literally coming from like way, way back when something happened in your like development that someone made you think that you don't deserve that or you're not worthy of it or that's not for people like you. Lots of stuff. So our relationship to money begins back then. We call it your money legacy, right? It's kind of like it's this like residue. It's this shit that you have no control over. No one does. No one has any control over their money relationship until they're basically independent. And by that time, in a lot of ways, you're fucked because all of your beliefs about money and your relationship to money has been like reinforced and ingrained and like you've heard it and you've you're you're absorbing from everyone around you. And then all of a sudden it's time for you to just go like deal with money and you've got all of this like confused shit in you. You don't get to like make it yourself. And so then like, there's this like huge branching off, like some people, you know, like some people create an incredible, you know, healthy relationship to money. And then some people like have a really fraught, (laughs) complicated. Remember, I don't know what internet dating is like anymore, but I know that when I first started and, and you were on the dating Um, There was like relationship status. I think they even had it on Facebook. Am I making that up? But like there was like relationship status and there was like, you know, um, you know, single or I don't I don't know what else. Like, I don't know what else you would have if you were in a dating website besides single. But there was it's complicated. And I always thought like, what the fuck? Like, why? Why would I ever want to talk to someone who wrote it's complicated? I'm like, clearly you're not available I'm not interested in like your complications. So, but I digress. But your relationship to money can be complicated, right? That's what made me think of that. So, you know, like all kinds of things. There are people who grow up in, 
you know, really like either poor or, um, you know, like scarcity households. And they come out and they're like, you know, power players. They're like, fuck that. I'm going to like make my own money and I'm going to have a lot of it. And they do really well. So there's everything. There's everything out there. So you're not doomed, right? Just because of that origin story or that legacy story, you're not doomed, but you probably have to be like pretty proactive to like change it, to change the story. You got to be, you know, you got to be feeling like this is really important to you. You got to know, right? You've got to understand it. Um, so no one's doomed. Everything is changeable. Minds are malleable. This is like the best news ever. But, you know, it does take some work. And we all have different degrees of it. So I would say that I, you know, really, um, I don't like to use the word healed. It doesn't feel like right. But I have done a lot of work to change my relationship to money and my belief that I can make it. If you would have told me even like five years ago that I would have created my own business and make that I would be making this money, I would have been like, no idea what you're talking about. I, I would have said, I would have been like, uh, yeah, no, no, I have no idea how that would happen. I don't know what you're talking about. And you've heard me say this before, you know, I come from what? I come from uh, a, a uh, acting and then yoga. Like these are not two professions that anyone's thinking, wow, I'm going to like rake it in. I am, you know, like, yeah, like if you get to be really famous as an actor, you might start making really good money. But like until then, especially if you're like, I'm going to be on Broadway, you know, you're going to be like a theater actor. That's never been associated with like being a millionaire. Okay. And then being a yoga teacher, I mean, actor turned yoga teacher, you might as well like, you know, you might as well, you might as well be like, yeah, um, I'm just going to be over here with like nothing. <laughs> just, I'll be over here serving and caring about everyone's well-being. Uh, and I don't want anything in return. <laughs> That's what you might as well be. And then what's really funny is that gets perpetuated, right? Because then like you, I owned a yoga studio, and nobody wants to pay, you know, like you, 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 you have a business and then you raise the price and your students want to like kill you. You know, they're like, I will not pay another dollar for that yoga class, you know? So there's so much scarcity everywhere. And so, you know, like I, I, I had to do a tremendous amount of work. If I kept thinking and believing what I thought from my experience from the yoga studio, there's no way that I would ever believe that anyone would pay me for coaching because everyone I knew like was always in a scarcity mindset and always crying poverty. And yet when I became a coach, a really interesting thing happened, which was that a lot of the, the yoga teachers that I trained and that I, you know, helped to become yoga teachers did pay me to be their coach to help them to, to grow their businesses, to, you know, to, to break out of just teaching at a yoga studio and, and so on. Um, and so if I had the mindset that they, that, that everyone's broke, 
and no one wants to pay for anything, I probably never even would have told them like what the offer was. I would have just assumed they were going to say no and wouldn't pay for it. So I've done a tremendous amount of work personally on my own mindset. And I feel really good about it, but it doesn't mean that like I still don't have to do work every single day. So what factors into your money mindset? So first thing I said was like that money legacy, right? That sort of that family of origin legacy, the this, the shit you experienced growing up, what you overhear. For me, it was really interesting because my grandparents were depression era. There was like a tremendous amount of like, of, you know, like they were so frugal will be nice so conservative like they used to like get so mad at my parents for like they used to treat my parents like they were so frivolous and so wild with their money because my parents decided to do something that their parents didn't do for them which was invest in their kids right so whereas like my father had never seen a live musical concert until like he and my mom were like literally, you know, a grown-ups and dating with they they started dating when they were really little. So they went through like a lot of different life phases together. But my grandparents didn't like take my my father and his brother to like concerts and shows. You know, my father never saw a Broadway show. He grew up in 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 Queens, New York, and he never saw a Broadway show until like he was married. Um you know, and my parents didn't go to sleepaway camp. My parents didn't take lessons for things. So, you know, when they had me and my brother, they were like, oh my God, we're going to like give our kids like this whole other experience. And what's really interesting is that my parents didn't make a lot of money. We were like fine. We were very like middle class and we like were able to like kind of like kind of pass for maybe upper middle because <laughs> I grew up in this like really like, you know, I grew up where there were a lot of people with a lot of money and we kind of passed, like my parents were really good at like making us pass, but we, there were people that had way more money than we had. And I knew it, you know, like, like when, when everyone was wearing Vidal Sassoon and Jordache jeans, it took a while before my mom got me some, you know, like when all the, like when all the certain girls had them first. So, okay. So anyway, but what they did spend their money on was experiences. This is like where I get it from. We were going to shows and concerts and going to camp. And the minute my parents saw that my brother and I had any sort of aptitude or talent or gifts for anything, they'd be like, oh, lessons. And we're going to invest in that. You know, so I'm really lucky. My parents chose to do that instead of saving money, which is why when my father died unexpectedly when I was 19 and he was 43, that really blew because even though, I mean, for many reasons, I don't mean to make light of that, but from a financial point of view, I'm talking about, I had a lot of things growing up. And then when my father died, like we had no cushion, we had nothing to save because he didn't plan on dying. I mean, I think he probably was thinking like he was 43 years old. He had plenty of time to start like saving the money, you know? Um, so, but my grandparents, my, 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 father's parents especially were like super depression era, you know, like, and they thought my parents were bananas for spending the money they did. And so my grandparents were really frugal. And so, okay, so whatever. So that's a legacy. 
that's like me understanding like and so so it could have been that my parents were not like that they could have been like a carryover and i could have grown up in like a household where you know my parents were afraid to spend money and you know you saved everything and you didn't do anything that was like frivolous or for no reason but i didn't have that so i have a very kind of strange relationship to money because what I did do was go into a profession that's not known. You know, everyone, everyone makes the joke, right? Like, well, if you're going to be an actor, you may as well know you're not going to make any money. Right. And so like, that's like a story. And you, we have an episode that came out not too long ago about getting enrolled in other people's stories. One of the stories that I was enrolled in for a really long time was like, it's hard to make money when you're an actor, like, you know, you don't make money, starving artist, you know, mindset. Um, it's hard, you know, whatever. So, so that's one way that our money story is influenced, right? It's like by all the other stories of like our grandparents and our parents and our siblings and, and, and our caregivers and our guardians and, you know, like, and where we're, where we're from, our community, our culture, right? That's all part of it. So I call that the legacy. And, you know, when you're, when you're younger, you're not even aware that that's what's happening. Then there's your personal past experience with money, right? Like from wherever you are right now, there's like, there's the, there's ways that you've spent money, ways that that went well for you, ways that it felt like, Maybe it wasn't the best way to spend your money, right? Like we all have like our experiences. Then we have our beliefs about money. I kind of just went into that, right? Like that our legacy can then lead to certain beliefs. Like what do you believe about money? Do you believe that it's for other people and not you? Do you believe that it's hard to make? Do you believe that if like you do make a lot of money that like that makes you somehow shallow and material, Do you believe that like if you want to make a lot of money, that makes you icky and not spiritual and not like, you know, really committed or that you're like taking from other people, you know, that you're like that you're harming other people by taking their money um, or that you don't deserve to make a lot of money because you don't have you're not a doctor. You don't have like a degree, like a Ph.D., right? There's all kinds of stuff like that. So those are our beliefs about money. And it could be good beliefs too. (laughs) I don't mean to just make them that. Those were limiting beliefs, right? Um, You know, like I said, some people who have like an amazing money mindset, they have the opposite. They're like, they're like money, money is like here for me to make, right? Money is easy. Money flows to me. Money, money is everywhere. You know, all I have to do is say the word and I make money, right? There are people with that mindset. And I don't think they only have that mindset because after they started making money, I think you, I think they probably had it first. Okay. And then the other thing that contributes to our money mindset or that is what is makes up our money mindset is the beliefs that we have about other people and money. And the reason why I bring this up for us as the entrepreneurs is because what we believe about other people's relationships to money is going to also impact whether or not we can make money because we have to sell our stuff, our services, and it's other people that have to pay for them. So if we superimpose our limiting beliefs, and this is what our human brain does, it superimposes on other people our limiting beliefs. 
So if I'm walking around thinking that I'm scarce and I don't have money to invest and I really wish I could have that coach, but I can't afford it, or I really wish I could do this and I can't afford it and I don't have the money for that and I can't invest in that or I'm never going to get, you know, like whatever, then what's going to happen is we often then even if it's like subconsciously, we think that's what everyone else is thinking too. And so if I'm walking around wanting to make money by selling my services, but I also believe at the same time that no one will buy my services, then that's going to influence my actions. And we're going to be talking about that. And it will make it that I won't have people or I'll attract exactly what I'm saying, what I believe, right? Our beliefs create our experiences. I'll attract people who I talk to, get on discovery call with me. And then at the end say, I can't afford that, or I'm not going to, I can't make that investment. Whereas if I do the work that I need to do on my own mindset, which therefore then allows me to take action in a certain way. And I have a belief around that. I'm more likely to attract someone who has that belief too because like attracts like and you can't attract what you're not. So like it always amazes me when I see a coach, for example, decide that they're going to price their offer at an investment that they've never made themselves, right? They put a price on their coaching but they've never paid that much for coaching themselves. And then they wonder why it's so hard to create a client. And I know it may sound really woo, but it's not woo. Yeah, it's a little energetic, but it's like deep. It's deep on many layers, levels. It's deep in the belief system. Because if, if, if someone hasn't made the level of investment in themselves and with another person, that they're expecting someone else to make in them, then that's a sign that they don't believe in that investment. They don't believe in paying that amount of money for what they do. They don't believe that they're worthy of it. They don't believe they can afford it, whatever the belief is. But it's a belief that's keeping them from making that investment. And therefore, they have that belief. Even, even I'm going to take it one step further. Even if the belief that they have is, I don't need that. Well, then you're going to attract people who don't need it either. Right? So it's like, if you, if you want to make money doing something, being trained in it or certified in it is not enough. Like, and this is, I think I've talked about this on the show, but like making the investment to become something is not the same as then making the investment to have it or to do it. And like, here's what I've always known. Like you want to be a great, I'll just go through my careers. You want to be a great performer and have other people pay money to come see you. Well, then you have to pay money, A, to go see other people and B, to, um, to, to keep your craft up. You have to, right, just because you might have gone to school for it or had some lessons already or got a degree, right? And then you are like performing and you want people to come pay for you. 
but you're not in training. You're not in your lessons. You're not working with your coach. You're not doing anything. And then you're wondering why people don't want to come pay you or see you. And it's because you're supposed to be continuing to work on your craft. And then I go into yoga, right? And I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a super experienced yoga teacher. I'm certifying other people. I'm the trainer. I'm the one giving people their certification. And yet, I would never not be going to my teacher on a regular basis to every training he ever offered, traveling all over the place, spending money to go to take more and more advanced level trainings. Why? Do I need it? Is it that I don't already have what I need? Am I not good enough to teach? No, of course I am. But if I want other people to come like pay me to be to train them to be a teacher energetically, like me investing in my in my own like growth and development is really important. And then I'm going to carry that forward to like coaching, right, where I I would never not be investing. And I and I I invest at the level that I want other people to invest with me. And I, you know what? I, I I never raised my investment to a certain point until I was paying that for coaching because I knew it would feel like out of alignment. I knew that it would be like incongruent. So, so all of those things factor into your money mindset. So what do you do about it, right? So remember how in the beginning I was like, it's not that like you've a, you're broken or that you're doing something wrong. It's just that you have to like learn how to like, how to like master it. You got to learn how to like, like turn it into like what you want it to be so that it informs the way that you show up in the world and it informs your actions. And so that brings me back to like that original thing, right? That I, that I, that conversation with my client was, you know, she said, um, I know, I know I really have to, you know, do some abundant, I really need to work on my abundance mindset. And I was like, maybe, but I actually think like what you need to do is take actions because we're not going to make money just by like believing in abundance. That's like a foundation piece. But once we like work on our abundance mindset, the only way that that matters is if it informs our actions that we're going to take. Because we don't make money just from having a mindset. We make money from having the right mindset that allows us to take the right actions that will then like result in making money or yield money. So I wanted to share with you what here's what I put together for you is I put together like, you know, a couple of um, steps that I think you might be able to use to work on your money mindset. And working on your money mindset is not a one-time thing, right? It's like, it's something, it's something that you, that you might revisit like over and over or, or the way my, my client said, I need to work on my abundance mindset. Well, yeah, but it's not just that one piece. It's not just like, you know, believing in abundance, but it's like, it's like, how do you, what's the sequence of things, you know, that you do in order to, you know, to, um, to get the money or to make the money. Okay. So here's what I, here's what I'm going to 
what I'm going to tell you. Here's like a great way to organize how to work on your money mindset. Number one, I do believe that it begins with journaling. And when I call it journaling, I don't just mean sitting down and writing like, dear diary, I wish I had more money. I wish I didn't think that money was so hard to get. I mean, that could be part of it, but it's not like only brain dump freestyle, like, you know, journaling. I consider it to be like journaling to be like answering prompts that help us to like identify the thought, like our thoughts, right? So here are some of the questions that you could journal on, okay? And some of them are things that you, yeah, when I say you might need to do it on a consistent basis, I don't mean every day, but I think that some of the times these things are things that you get to like revisit, you know? So here are just some possible um, prompts for you to work on, okay? So number one, like, so, oh, oh, and I just want to tell you that one of the things that we are doing now for you is when I'm teaching something like this on the show, there's going to be a worksheet for it, right? So just know that if you're listening to this, that I guarantee you that if you go to the podcast page on my website, which is www.stacybrassrussell.com forward slash podcast, that if you go to the podcast page, there will be a download for you uh, on with what I'm sharing with you. So in case you're like walking the dog or running on the treadmill or driving the car or meal prepping or whatever it is that you do when you listen to me, um, you don't have to worry about writing it down right now. We got you. This is like our new thing. I love it so much. Um, and just, you know, we're eventually going to be putting this together into like some awesome podcast bookie Bible for you. Okay. So, all right. So here are some possible prompts. Okay. Um, what is your current personal life money story? Right. Like, so just what is your current money story? Like, what are you currently thinking about money? Are you wishing you had money for something? Are you thinking that you don't? Are you like, like just how are you right now with money? Are you feeling, are you, you know, believing into something, you know? Um, Okay. Then you're going to then ask yourself, um, and usually when we have like a money story, like we may come up against like a limiting belief one. So then the question is like, what might be some positive intentions of those stories? And so then you can go back and you can do something with your money legacy. So in the money legacy, actually, um, yeah, that's fine. When we make the worksheet for you, I'll put it in the right order. But in the in the money legacy, right, we're going to ask ourselves, what was the money story you grew up with? And how has that shown up in your life? So when you look at your money story that you grew up with, what was it? So I already shared some of mine with you. And how has that shown up in your life? So like, for example, I'll tell you that like part of my story of how I told you my parents like invested in us and whatever, that's how I do, that's how I do things, right? So it doesn't mean that everything is bad. I think it's been really good. Now, are there some downsides? Yeah. Have I, do I have a lot of savings? I do not. Um, But, you know, you can, 
you can just, not everything has to be bad is what I'm saying. You don't have to think of like all beliefs and stories as negative ones, but it's really good to look at your beliefs and stories and ask yourself, what are they, what, like, what are they doing for you now? So we always get to ask ourselves, what do we think the positive value is behind that story? Okay, so what was the money story you grew up with? We're going to do that one first. What was the money story you grew up with? How has that shown up in your life? What do you think is the positive value behind that money story? And then we can come to what is your current personal life money story? And then because we're here for biz, we're going to then add how might you, you just need to ask yourself these questions because they prompt you looking deeper for answers. How might your money stories, current or past, interfere with your confidence when asking someone for an investment? And then what would you need to believe in order to add empowerment today to your money story? So those are some journaling prompts that I'm giving you. There are more, but I'm just giving you those because that's step one is to just go through these prompts and to just like do a little bit of like reflection so that you can at least name some stuff. Because the minute you name the stuff from your family legacy story, and then you say what might be the positive intentions, you're already opening yourself up for change. Right. So if I were to go to like my grandparents and be like, what was the positive intention of them? Like making my parents feel like shit for spending money. Well, the positive intention would be that they didn't want my parents to end up like not having money or getting stuck like in the depression when they did. Right. Or the fear of like, what if everything were to just go away or collapse? Right. So it's like a protective mechanism. All the shit that we do is to protect us. All of our beliefs and thoughts somewhere inside of us, we can figure out what what's what are we protecting? Why do we see that as something that's going to literally keep us from dying? So we can look for those positive things and then we can negotiate with ourselves. This is like deep work, some of this, right? So we call this parts work. And we can negotiate with ourselves and say, okay, I see that why that's positive. So are you willing to change your methods, right? You're talking to yourself. You're like, thank you so much for protecting me from losing all my money and from being homeless. Um, are you open to like changing the way that you want to protect me, right? So that your thoughts are not always in total scarcity and fear of spending money, if that's like your thing. So the journaling prompts are always like the way, the place we start, okay? Okay, so now step two is what I call affirming, right? And affirming is where we do start, that's the abundance work. So the, the affirming is where we decide, what do we want to believe? And you might need to like work with a mentor or a coach that can like, you know, and also there's plenty of people out there that have books on this. I have, you know, affirmation cards. Like, you know, we have to affirm certain things that like are foundational. And you've heard me talk about like affirming that we live in an abundant universe. We fucking do. There, like, the universe is not is not like is not um, 
uh, conspiring against you. The universe is not being like, well, Stacey Brass Russell only gets this much money and -and so-and-so gets this much. Now, do we have life circumstances? Yes. Do we make choices? Yes. You know, like, yes, that influences how much money we can make, our professions. All of that does factor in. I'm not saying that, like, all things are created equal. But within your realm of possibility, right, uh, you get to believe that there's abundance available to you. And when we do abundance work, we're not doing abundance about like about only money. We have to be willing to believe that there's an abundance of riches available to us that may come in many different like shapes and forms. That abundance is an abundance of love. It's an abundance of support. It's an abundance of friendship. And maybe it's an abundance of other shit. Maybe there is an abundance of food, an abundance of like loveliness and an abundance of nature, an abundance of like an awesome house with good furniture in it. We we have to wake up every day and look for what is abundant because this is how it relates to the money mindset. Because if you think that your money, if you think that the only thing that affects your money mindset is money, you're wrong. When we think about abundance, we can't be thinking, oh, I'm not abundant. I don't have a lot of money. No, you have to look for how you are abundant so that you, there's an abundance of clients. There's an abundance of, 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 of opportunities for me. There's an abundance of visibility. There's an abundance. You got to believe in the abundance of all of it because all of it relates to you being able to make money. It's almost like the receiving of the money is what happens when you believe in all the other abundance. The abundance of your gifts, the abundance of of people that are out there waiting to work with you, right? That waiting to pay you. That's the abundance. And then the the money abundance is sort of like it's the it's the byproduct. So you got to know your affirmations, you got to know your beliefs. Money flows easily to me. I am worthy of all I desire. Money is easy to make. I make money, you know, I make money in my sleep. I mean, whatever it is that you want to believe, but you got to put that in and you got to like really feel it. You got to meditate on it. You got to visualize it. You got to like, you got to, that's work. Like that's what I might spend the most time doing in the morning is believing in my abundance. And in, in, in all, and, and then coupling that with gratitude, holy shit, right? Oh my God, the recipe for like, oh my God, best recipe ever. Because when you're in abundance and gratitude, you're not in scarcity. You literally can't be, your, your thoughts can't be in those two places at the same time. You can't be in like scarcity and fear while also being in abundance and gratitude. So the more you, the more you direct yourself to abundance and gratitude, the less you'll be giving. It's like you won't be fueling and feeding the fire of scarcity and lack and fear. So I'm not saying that like everything changes when you're in an abundant gratitude state. I'm not saying everything changes. Immediately, like your external circumstances, but it's how you actually call in and change your external circumstances and your experience. Okay, step three is what I call embodying. Now, what does this mean? It means like actually acting as if you have money and what it would be like for you to have what you want. 
It's coming from that place. And it's also spending. It's investing. Now, I'm not saying that you got to like frivolously and wildly put yourself in danger and, you know, and invest your money. But if you, you have to be part of the economy. If you want to receive money, you have to spend money. And energetically, if you want to receive money for certain things that you do, you should invest in those things for yourself. So the embodying is the like, is the not, you can't embody scarcity. You can't behave and operate from a place of scarcity and expect something different. So you have to embody the abundant one. Okay, step four is declaring. This is really hard for a lot of people. The declaring is, what do you, like, what do you want to make and how do you want to make it? And you've got to be willing, if you're an entrepreneur and and you're listening to this and your, you know, money mindset has everything to do with making money, right? So you have to declare how much money you would like to make and you have to be willing to declare how you're going to do it and you have to be willing to like talk about it. You know, like you got to be willing to like say by the end of X, you know, so I often do with my students, like, like, let's say they join a program. I say by the end of, and we put the date that it's ending, I will have made X amount of money or we don't even do it that way. We do it in the affirmative. It's December 31st, 2023. I have made seven hundred thousand dollars in my business. I have, you know, a, a, a steady stream of clients um, coming to me. Um, they're getting incredible results and, you know, whatever. So I make these declarations. That's what I call declaring. So you, it's like a future pacing. It's like a future declaration. Not to mention that it's also declaring like what you want, setting goals, being willing to like do that and not be scared. If you say you want to make $20,000 and then you make don't, and then you don't, you make something else, 10,000, 15,000, whatever, that doesn't mean that it was bad or wrong that you declared 20. If you hadn't declared that, you wouldn't have even made what you made. So declaring is really important. Okay. The next thing is then offering. So, so far we've got journaling, affirming, embodying, declaring, and offering. And offering is what I was talking to my client about. Because I was like, okay, like you can work on your abundance mindset, but you also have to be making offers and invitations like every day or you're not going to make any money. Just because you feel into abundance doesn't mean that then it's just going to start raining money on you or that people are just going to start coming out of the woodwork and being like, can I pay you? No, you have to make offers and invitations all the time to work with you. And when I say that, I mean to a person, like on a call or or in person or on social media or in your emails or at the end of your programs, you have to make offers. You hear me talk about the Academy all the freaking time. And when I have other stuff going on, I talk about that too, even when it's free, right? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like hammering it home. I'm like, come to my free thing. Come to my free thing. I've got this for you. Come to this. Those are offers. Those are invitations. You've got to be making offers and invitations all the time. This is part of your money mindset. Now, if your money mindset is, remember before, no one wants anything. No one will pay for anything. No one believes in anything. But if that's your money mindset, you're not making offers. 
You're just hiding in the corner. You're just like being like, oh, I don't want to bother anybody. In your whole scarcity mindset that you've superimposed on everyone else in the world and taken away their right to make their own decisions about what they want to invest in because you're not even offering it to them. You're not even giving them the opportunity because you're like, yeah, I'm just over here just assuming that everybody's poor and doesn't want to spend any money. So if that's your mindset, you're going to get that. So you've got to offer and invite. And so part of that is that you have to do all the other steps first so that you come into a place where you believe that you live in an abundant universe, that there are clients out there, that there's money available, that the world runs on money. People are spending their money somewhere. So it might as well be with you. Everybody's spending money. The world fucking operates on money. So why not be part of it? Be part of the economy. But you've got to go. It's like you got to put yourself in there. You know what I mean? Like no one's going to drag you in and be like, hey, get in here. We're all playing around with money. (laughs) You got to jump in. It's like a ball pit. (laughs) That was the image that just came to me. If those are probably so disgusting. I don't have kids, but if I did, I would probably be horrified letting them go in a ball pit. But anyway, you got to jump in. And you got to be part of it. You got to be like in the party, the money party. And maybe it would help you to think of it that way. All right. So we've got journaling, affirming, embodying, declaring, offering. And then here's like a really important thing that I'm going to tell you that like that like that that I have everyone do in the academy. And that's tracking. So you have to be willing to track everything in the beginning, especially track your money. Track your offers, track your conversations, track your visibility, track your activities, track your action, track, 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 track. Keep track of yourself. What you, what you track expands. What you're willing to look at grows. What you put your attention on grows. So track that shit. Keep yourself accountable. And then finally, okay, the step seven, I like odd numbers, is like create accountability for yourself. Give yourself support and accountability. Being in a high vibe community is so important. Being with a coach, being in a high vibe community. Why? I'll tell you. Because there's a majority of the people in the world are not going to do what I just told you. The majority of the other people in the world are not doing what we just talked about. And they're out there trying to take you down. They're out there making you feel like you shouldn't have your business because you're not making enough money yet. What are you doing? When are you going to give that up? They think it's crazy for you to invest in X, Y, and Z. They're living in scarcity. They want you to live in scarcity too. I'm not saying everyone's evil and bad. I'm just saying people that don't do this kind of work, people that don't do the personal empowerment, personal growth work, personal development, they're not the people who are accelerating and 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 really making like magic in their lives. And I'm not saying that money is the only thing that makes magic in your life, but man, it fucking helps. And you wouldn't be doing the business that you're doing while you're listening to the show if you didn't want to make money doing it. No one ever came to me and was like, 
I'm going to pay you to be my coach and help you help me. I want you to help me like have a business and do all this, but I don't want to make any money. So, you know, we got to get over the, the feeling of shame or guilt or whatever about making money. If you have it. And one of the ways to do that is to be in a community of people who are like, yeah, money's good. I want money. Let's make money. We can do it in a way that feels in alignment. We don't have to be slimy and salesy and icky. We don't need to do masculine bro marketing. We don't, we're not here to jack up our prices and like, you know, take people for a ride and not deliver. No, we're here to be exceptional. We're here to provide transformation. We're here to change the freaking world and we deserve to get paid while we're doing it. So you might need to be inside of a supportive community that believes that so that you can believe it every day so that we can lift each other up and celebrate each other and help each other, help each other with this mindset because this isn't easy. Some of us aren't born into this wealth. Some of us aren't born into this shit and we got to work to get our minds into the right place. I do the work and then I do it with everybody that, that, that is in my sphere, in my, in my community, my clients, in the academy. So give yourself something that supports this. All right. So, okay. So I'm just going to run it through, right? Journaling, affirming, embodying, declaring, offering, tracking, supporting. (laughs) giving yourself support. You need it. We all do. Doesn't make you weak or bad or, or broken. No, it's actually would make you, it makes you super cool. Makes you super cool to just put yourself where you need to be. Okay. So there's probably so much more we could talk about, about money mindset, right? But hopefully this helped you today. We'll come back to it at some point. I'm not going anywhere. I got to recycle topics. (laughs) Okay. So we do have a podcast chat that we do. I'm just going to be fully honest right now. By the time you listen to this episode, it may have changed. It's been on Mondays at 4.30. It may have changed. Um, But I'll tell you what definitely has changed. I used to say that you just had to be a member of my Facebook group for it, but I'm pretty much transitioning out of that. So you just have to be on my email list and you'll get the Zoom link to come chat with us, ask me questions, get some coaching and uh, and talk about talk about what we talk about on the show. It's fun. It's another way for you to be in community and to get support just by being in the room with us. All right. I will be with you next week in your headphones. I'm sending you all the love as I always do. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.